0: Okay, bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, Allahumma salli wa sallim, wa barakala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallama tasliman kathira. Allahumma la sahla illa ma jaltahu sahla wa anta tajrul al-hasna yada shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadataka ya Rabbil karim. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Right, so, there is a... Um, where did we end last uh, last
1: time? Yeah,
0: I think we do. We just basically we stopped before mentioning toilets, right? Yeah, yeah. So we didn't get into that. That's good. All right. So let's have the. Uh, yeah. So in today's lesson, then we're going to cover then the Arabic. ولا الصلاة ولا يعني كلها إِلَيْهَا We might get to the bottom. In English, it means that the prayer is not valid. The prayer is not valid in a graveyard, a toilet, a hammam, a camel pen, land which has been usurped, and the roofs of all of the above. The prayer is valid, however, if prayed towards all of the above. Alright, so it's about... Locations. We've already covered graveyard, yes. And I seen on the portal this mo- uh, 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 this uh, earlier on today. Uh, someone uh, on last week's lesson. Someone asking basically just to tell us what the class position is on the issue of praying the fart prayer. And I'm surprised that she asked that. It was Dean who asked it because that, that indicates if it's dean it indicates I didn't say it. Is that what happened?
1: That's what Dina asked.
0: Yet. Yeah. Yeah. It just indicates I didn't say it, which is, in, which is a good observation from her, because I have to tell you that my personal opinion is that I have, I have doubt over this issue. Okay? So, let's make it clear. Let's just revise a few bullet points. The majority of the scholars, certainly from the four imams, they allow the prayer, or they consider the prayer in the graveyard, graveyard to be valid. They just consider it to be something makruh. Okay? That's the majority of the scholars. That doesn't mean they like it or they encourage it or whatever. They say that the prayer prayed therein is valid. However, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal not only makes the prayer haram, but also says that it is an invalid prayer as well. So it's a very strong and a very you know, clear position from the Hanbalis. And that's the position of the Madhab. My uh, personal. And, you, and I'm not. You know, you can go and watch last week's lesson to see all the details about that debate and that discussion. My personal opinion is that I think, if I'm talking to myself, I'm not teaching, and I'm speaking to myself, I'm saying to myself that the hadith itself is not the strongest. The hadith itself has weakness. Many of the uh, Ahlul Naqd, the experts in hadith, they consider this hadith to be mursal. The other hadith that's used in evidence, which is don't don't, don't do to the Jews and the Christians what uh, 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 don't do to... Uh, my grave, what they did to the grave of the Jews and Christians, we don't need that loud. You you can reduce it. Um, And uh, is to worship the graves, or they took the the graves as a masjid. That's fine. Um, And they took the graves as a masjid. And I have to say that this is the evidence which is used by the Hanbalis across the board to have nothing to do with graves per se. And the Hanbalis are good in that manner especially people yeah, in, their, in their minds they, they equate that concept with Saudia today, they, can, they, they equate the Hanbalis with the Wahhabis of today and whatever, and certainly the Wahhabis or the Saudi da'wah has or Najdi da'wah has this kind of reputation of being very strong on shirk and very harsh on bid'ah and very harsh on graves and everything like that, and you know what that was never a bad thing, okay uh, whatever we may think of Saudis and Wahhabis and Najdis and our opinion of whether there's a true concept or not, whether it's just nonsense, whether there's no doubt about it that they use the Hanbali Madhab as a, as a big foundation for their, for their strong, strict opinions, especially when it comes to that. And I want to say that even if the opinion themselves are not yeah, very strong, which I personally believe is not very strong, Okay, I believe the majority have got it right here as a Hanbali. I believe that the, the, the majority are correct. I believe that the hadith is not very strong. I believe that the hadith which prohibits the graves being taken as a place of worship does not mean that uh, a, a, a place where the grave is, but it means the grave itself. I think the hadith itself refers to the people, you know, prostrating on the grave, making tawaf around the grave, doing walashiruk baqwas around the grave. That's what I believe the hadith is about. It's not najis. We confirmed that last week. We don't know. We don't know any evidence to show that human body, human remains are najis. Okay, around the the, the, the area itself. And the other really strong evidence that the Hanbalists use, and this is now taking you guys, and the new guys will be struggling with this point, but the old school folks yani here will now know what I'm talking about, and that's why it's important we call this class Logical Progression, we learn these principles as we go through, we've studied the concept of Sadd uh, al Yani in a lot of detail, blocking the means said blocking a or adhari'ah, yani blocking the means to something else, not opening the door basically to Haram or not opening the door to a greater sin or not opening the door to a potential problem, so this concept of not opening the door okay is a well established principle in Islam, and all the scholars used it here and there, but there's no doubt about it that the Hanbalis went hardcore on this, and you can almost ca- uh, if not the Hanbalis, then let's, may, let's not be unfair. Not the Hanbalis, then certainly modern day Hanbalis, the Najdis, the Wahhabis, the Saudi scholars, whatever you want to say, they are hardcore prominent on this principle. Okay? And uh, I mean, it's in the headlines right now, isn't it? Well, a couple of weeks ago. The whole issue of women driving, okay? If you look at that from an Islamic point of view, you'll know that from an Islamic point of view, there's it's very weak. To debate it from a primary evidence point of view, okay? Because evidences are of different levels, right? So you uh, argue at the primary level, at the secondary level, and once you've, you're missing a hadith and an ayah, then you're basically your argument is going to be almost as good as the other guys. Yeah, but then it's all about how clever you are, and about how eloquent you are, and about how rhetorical and rational you can put your argument forward. So once you're, you, know, you don't have that verse, which you don't, and once you don't have that hadith, which you don't, then how are you then making the uh, riding uh, the driving of a car haram um, and especially when uh, this debate was not a new debate, this debate was a well known debate back in the day, and back in the day this debate, when it was, when it was going on uh, it was about a woman riding a donkey or a mule or a horse, whether that was permissible and pretty much all the scholars they agreed on the permissibility of that and when you think about this yeah, I mean, this is the irony the woman who is riding the horse and the donkey and the whatever she's far more exposed okay meaning well she's just she's right there there's you know there's no there's nothing around her she, that's her right that's it her body is far more exposed so i mean there's first of all just she's exposed secondly her body because the horse is jumping up and down and the clothes is getting tight and etc so it's accentuating the feminine uh, form in a far more obvious way third you might remember when we talked about in the chapter of menstruation the issue of the hymen and the hymen breaking and all the fitness that comes with that especially when it comes to marriage and is this lady a virgin or not yani what, what happens now etc etc is she a thayyib is she bikr? is she blah 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 does she get the ruling of virgin does she have the rights of the wife who is a virgin or not just because the hymen's broken because she is a horse rider etc so there's that side of it as well and then what else um, how dangerous it is you could you know if the thing flips and falls off and blah 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 so despite all of that they allowed that and then you're in a car completely yani chilling on leather seats nothing's happening you're completely covered tinted windows yani you know AC, mashaAllah, airbags blah 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 you can do all the full behavior and yani. you're fully covered fully protected fully safe fully yani, you know and you can proper chill in there and that one becomes haram. So you know that it wasn't coming from a classical fiqh argument. All right? So how did the modern day Saudi scholars come to that? I have to say I've always felt a lot of sympathy with their argument because actually their argument is an argument which we are using more and more uh, in our current time. Their argument was purely about the fear of what it would lead to. Okay? Which has got some backwardness in there but yani it will lead to, therefore, her requesting this and her needing that, and it's going to fall into. She's going to be left alone, and the car breaks down, and there'll be this, there'll be that, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah a whole load of thinking. It was never about, you know, you know. It's impo- I mean, we all found it funny. I mean, I, me most of all. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, make, t- making fun of this is is just too easy. It's a, it's an open goal. You're going to make fun about this, but there is a seriousness to it. Okay. Um, there was a truth behind the argument and there was falseness behind the argument. And the falseness was all oh, this that women can't drive and women are going to cause accidents. And women. Are gonna... That was never a thing. That's asla, yeah, uh, you know, uh, uh, adding fuel to the fire. But that was never true. That was never a scholarly argument. The scholars only ever put forward the argument that it was going to lead to some kind of fitna or whatever. Classic saddu dharia, Classic blocking the means, yani yeah, thinking. And when you start blocking the means to everything, it eventually leads you to blocking a person driving. That's how crazy it can get. You can get so paranoid that everything then becomes yeah, a problem. Now, how do we deal with this concept of blocking the means? Because okay, it's definitely valid. Don't think for a second that it's not valid. It's the same argument that we use, for example, when we say it's not permissible for you to watch this, this TV program. Or it's not permissible for you to listen to this music, or it's not permissible for you to listen to it because of what we know, because of experience because of you know you know uh, clarified intentions from the people behind the scenes they've made it very, very clear that this is a stepping stone to something else, or we know from our own experience that once you start this, then you start to fall into that and then you start to fall into that okay um, uh, the best example uh, I mean. Uh, uh, it is our, our people, friends Okay, So once you start hanging around with certain people You open yourself up to so many different problems That come with those people And if those people don't have those problems Then you generally avoid any, any kind of issues We've seen that All of us believe it Certainly when it comes to our children We do not let our children mix with certain people And we are very comfortable letting them mix with other people Because anecdotally, a- anecdotally it's true And scientifically it's true At every level it's correct all right? So we do block the means all the time. We do use it all the time. It has a function. And today, for example, you know, we, use it all the th- we use it yani, now more so than ever in the theological realm. So when it comes to, for example, um, you know, uh, uh, by the way, this is not some new principle. This is from the sunnah directly. The Prophet وسلم, when he saw Sayyidina Umar reading the Old Testament, okay, he became very angry. And he said, have, I, have what I've come with, is that not enough for you? Okay, with, with respect to the Quran. And there's a lot you know, to be said about this hadith and a lot to be said about the principle behind what the Prophet ﷺ is saying. Because we know in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said, you know, Don't you know, say that what's inside you know, the testaments is correct. And also don't say that it's all falsehood. Meaning we know that there's truth and falsehood mixed. So why are we being kept away from truthful, uh, truthfulness or, tr- or truth? We're not. Actually, the people who are at risk of going astray are being kept away from that. Yani, there's, a basic, uh, uh, there's a basic idea there. There's a fear there that what could happen is that a person yani, who's not grounded could then yani start to ask questions and then fall into a scenario where it all goes pear-shaped. All right. so the concept is there from the sunnah it's the application about how trigger happy you are you're going to apply it here, apply it there and you can, when you go to Saudi you do kind of feel that it's just been applied across the, 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 you know, the realm every single aspect of life and you know there's, there's, a, there's a number of re- uh, consequences to that number one is that you're going to start turning people off because you start to make the halal haram okay? even though you had a great intention behind it but you're going to start to make the halal haram. And number two, it's just pure lazy fiqh. It's lazy fiqh. It's not yani, correct to play with the deen like that. Just, yani. And I'm never, never, we're, never, we're never going to say that the scholars were playing. What we were unhappy with is how suddenly it, the Sadat Zari'ah just went out the window when the king yani, suddenly said that we're going to change. Then suddenly the whole body of fiqh all changed. And then, you know, it was okay to, to go ahead. That's what we were very irritated at from a scholarly level. Never, never were we going to attack, we attacked the opinion, but not attack the scholars who came up with that idea because they were using a well-established uh, idea. Anyway, so the point is, is that this Saddu al al or Dharaya, which is the plural of Dhari'ah, which means the means, the concept of opening the door to problems, uh, is is a very well known one, and in general, we should keep that door shut in every aspect of life in company in music in fashion, in many aspects of our dena like that when you start to wear gold, you become effeminate when you start to wear you know city kind of you know tie uh, feminine clothing and uh, all the rest of it, you start to then, you know, feel like that. You hang around with those kind of people, you, you, your voice will change, and you start to hang your hands like that, nonsense, whatever. I'm sure that happens. I'm absolutely positive. I don't need scientific proof. I'm happy enough to see what I've seen with my own eyes of men turn into any uselessness. So, Yani, I'm absolutely positive that the situation plays a role, that there's lots of impact. I've got a. Uh, I, I I I don't know why I always have to use those musakeen as the examples of everything, but I'm sure there's other examples out there. People are definitely a product of uh, uh, of their environment, and if you put them in an environment and you don't stop that environment, then think, and I'm personally I've got to say I don't want to be a hypocrite. I'm very big on sedadria at home, from uh, from a, from an internal parenting point of view, very very important to me, and I block the means entirely. But I'm absolutely not going to say. I'm, I'm not going to say that Dari'ah is the way forward is the, the, to block the, the concept of blocking the means is the way forward and it's the it's the sunnah yeah and it expressively and everything no because it's not because it's not and I also want to say the injudicious use of Sadr yeah, and if you do not control the use, then you get like people really starting to resent rulers leadership law. You start to get people resenting Islamic law and the Muslims. The scholars used to get ridiculed so much in Saudi over the whole car driving thing, okay, for women, banning, whatever. And it's just an unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Likewise, children, you know, banning them entirely from concepts you're thinking, uh, or, you know, for example, the, educating your children about sexual matters and things like that, having a sadad approach to that, that's also not healthy, not correct. There needs to be an educated kind of, you know, there's got to be a trust as well, etc. So that's a little bit on that. Now you can see that when it comes to anything to do with graves the 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 are, this are the Saudis but the Hanbalis are also kind of banging there and you saw uh, Sheikh Uthaimin at the beginning he mentioned that uh, yesterday, uh, last week he said that yani um, for him the strongest evidence is that we are going to stop people praying towards the graves now or praying yeah, or doing shirk or that kind of stuff if you ban the prayer in the grave in the graveyards completely then you'll stop that you know what? I don't know. Maybe I live in a different world. Okay? Certainly in this, kind of con- in this country, I don't think people would, f- would, you know, I just don't think it's realistic. But what he's seen in his generation, our parents' generation and generation before that, what the people do in the villages and so on and so forth, is not something which is a surprise. And it could yeah, and it lead to something it could lead to that final end consequence, end disaster result, where people start to make sajdah upon graves, and start to, to whatever. And I remember reading, um, just to give you an example, just to give you an example. Think about this. Yeah? This is good, actually. Darul Ifta' al-Masriya. Okay? Darul Ifta' al-Masriya is a very well-established institution in the Muslim world for fatwa. Okay? Um, they are Egyptians, scholars, as mostly, very much yani depending upon the shafi'i Madhab, but they are completely yani flexible. They're quite modern in their outlook. When I say modern, I wish that it was modern in terms of developed, but I, I, I think is more liberal in terms of their theology. But they're certainly very flexible when it comes to their fiqh, And yani, if they see something that fits a modern yani uh, kind of uh, a requirement of the people, they will change Madhab immediately. And if they're Muftis, they can do that, of course. That's, that's, that's what Darul Iftah, the, the home of Fatwa, yani would expect. You'd expect for a, a Mufti to do that. But the key is that they are Ash'ari, almost exclusively. So theologically, they're not coming from the safety of a Athari or Salafi background, yani a, the Aqidah of the companions. Now, when you know that, and even if you didn't know that, and you read one of their it will start to come out to the one who can see it, whereas the rest of the people would miss it. So I was reading a fatwa earlier on today about the prayer in, in uh, about the prayer in a masjid with graves, okay, and uh, and I'll I'll, t- I'll talk about that in a second. But the the uh, issue about the prayer in a masjid with a grave doesn't actually have a direct clear evidence, okay. The common, common sense says, if you're not allowed to pray in a graveyard, how on earth could you pray in a masjid with a grave? All right? Like, it's even worse. Yani, yeah, it's even closer to the hadith of Bukhari Muslim about doing what the Jews and Christians did. If you were, you're were you actually praying, you're bringing a grave in. So no one does it, okay? And it hasn't traditionally happened ever. And everything that you see as an argument for or against is very clear that anyone who's going to try and say that it's okay to pray in a masjid with a grave or, or tries to promote it is incredibly... Desperate and trying very hard. So, um, at the same time, at the same time, very much in line with what I was saying earlier on, to say that your prayer is invalid if you were to walk into a masjid. Let's talk about masjid in the gra- uh, graves in a masjid. Let's talk about it first, then we get to that if that point. We said last week that the Hanbalis have said it's impermissible and invalid prayer prayed in a graveyard. The majority said you shouldn't do it; it's makruh, but the prayer is valid. Okay. Then we said, right, we have a masjid now, not a graveyard, and it has a grave in it. So there are a number of variations of this. So for example, first, you could have a masjid in a graveyard. You could have a masjid that has a graveyard next to it. You could have a masjid which is attached to a graveyard. You could have a masjid which has a graveyard in front of it. We could have a masjid which has a graveyard in front of it and attached to the masjid. We could have a masjid with a grave inside the masjid, which is either in the front of you or to the side of you or behind you or you could have a masjid with a grave which is boxed off in that masjid those are the various scenarios there's another scenario as well which is that you have a grave and you turn it into a masjid so you've got a grave and you build yani around it and you make it to thingy now that last scenario is a complete disaster it's pure yani yeah, nonsense and pretty much all the scholars are not even want to get close to that so now it's the issue of what about then a masjid that is, yani, uh, built normally, and then someone later then comes put a grave in it. What do you do about that? And what about yani graves around and outside? Put simply, it follows the same rules as the graveyards. The Hanbalis are terrified by this idea, and completely rejecting it. They're saying that if there's a grave inside the masjid. How can that possibly be? If they said that there's a graveyard yani in front of the masjid. Or attached to the, or uh, in front of the masjid, and it's attached to the masjid itself. In that you can, it's like literally just a connection. Okay. Then they said the prayer is invalid as well. That's the same thing. They said that if you can see it and feel it and it's part of it. But they said that if there's a big enough wall, or a big enough barrier, or there's a gap, and they were just trying to increase, yani, the, the the idea that it's something separate. And they said if it's separate though, the prayer is valid. They said, for example, perfect would be that it's on the other side of the street or inside the pathway, or that there's a drain, or, or this space in between, that there's two separate walls. They said this is all things that help. The, the putting up of a wall will help separation, and then you've got the Masjid actually acting as separation. They said that when it's to the back and to the left and the right, if there's even a tiny gap, you're fine, especially if there's a wall. So they're just trying to create that separation, all right? But if it's connected, and there's you can walk straight in, and there's a door, whatever, they're saying there's no prayer that's allowed in that kind of place. And, you would say that that's a common sense idea because we don't want that kind of thing to happen. But the truth is, is that the position of the majority again is more accurate, which is that this is a masjid which is built for a masjid, and a grave has been placed in by whoever's put it in there. And as long as it's not, as long as we're not praying towards it, not doing ibadah on it, not directing any worship to it, it's only seen as separate and it's seen behind. Then the prayer is valid, and even though it might be disliked if you're close to it or not, this is my position. That's the position of the majority. Is that clear? Okay. You should avoid massajid of graves, and if you are forced to pray in a masjid of the grave, then the prayer inside is valid as long as the grave is blocked off somewhere. Separate room, separate side, not directly in front of you. That's the basic rule. Is that clear? That's class position. Now that's class position. Now, that darul iftal masriya site, it was discussing this and it went back and forth, back and forth, very correctly. Very correctly. Like, like you know, it said that the Humbly say this and the Shafi say that and it went back and forth, back and forth and it was ending basically with the position that I said, the class position. After he had mentioned the class position, you know, it ends, it, it adds as the final paragraph. They said that, that and this is uh, the position of the majority and so if you pray therein, it's something which is permissible. Also, it is good that we have a grave of the saints so that you can, you can, uh, uh what was the word? I don't know what the word was, but imbibe almost. I'm, yani, soak up, absorb, some of the holiness. Okay. The, they didn't even say barakah. Yani, they said some of the holiness, yani, of the, the wali, the special person who is close by. So even being close to them. Yani, subhanAllah, Common sense rationale, all the way, Quran, Sunnah, the evidence, and right at the end, it was then, but you know what? Yeah, and after brazenly stating that the three Imams have said it is makroo, yani. the dislike, but the prayer is valid, it's not They said, if you are a bit close, that's even good, it's even better, because you can then soak up the thingy. You see this kind of stupidity, okay? And, and you're not, you know, some people don't even get to the end, yes? Some people don't even get to the end, they read the opening paragraph and that's the end of it. And, and the other people they don't know what they're reading and they just take it as part of the legal discussion that was said before yani classic yani, tactic where the Quran the evidence that all mentioned before stick the, yani, the rational ideas at the bottom and make it look like it's all part of the legal argument whatever. so you've got to be careful out there in terms of how you get your knowledge from the internet and yani even official sites this is the official site of Al-Iftah al Masriya, Dar al al but and in English as well it's the same I checked the English one exactly the same so um uh, uh, I, I don't know what the relation that is to the point I was making, but um, we do not want to promote these ideas. Okay? We think that they are innocent, they're not innocent. There are people out there that fall for this kind of stuff, and there are worse, there are people out there that actually encourage others towards this nonsense. Okay? And I'm telling you now that even if I tell you now, and I believe that brailwis are not mushrikeen. I believe that they are not, yani, that if the prayer is valid behind them. And I tell you that I think it's okay for me. This is me speaking personally. That I believe it's permissible to pray in a grave. And I believe that the prayer is valid. I just think it's a stupid idea. I think that the scholar's got it right. That's makruh. I, I prayed in Azhar and I continue to pray in Azhar. And it has graves in there. This is why I say to myself personally, because I know what I'm doing around a grave. I think yani anyone who goes to a grave to do anything is beyond stupid. The truth of the matter is is that in public it's difficult to say something like that because people do not have the same filter or whatever as you do, and they take information and they run with it and they spread it and you know it becomes like it's okay to pray in graves, it's not a problem, it's no issue. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So um, the class so when I'm asked what is the class position about praying in the grave, I have to say to you that personally speaking, I'm with the majority from a class point of view, from a da'wah point of view, I think to adopt the, the, the humbly position is avoiding khilaf, avoiding the difference of opinion, staying on the safe side, but we've educated ourselves on the issue. When push comes to shove, yani, the prayer is valid. Prayer is valid. I, I, I myself, yani, that's, my, that's my position. Allah knows best. So Allah, the last
1: position
0: is, is makruh. No, no, I, I, the, 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 the... But don't do it. The class position, you see, the class position is the humbly position, is Sheikh Uthameen's position. But I want us to know that ourselves, that the position of the majority, and my personal opinion, uh, is that the prayer itself is actually valid, that the, the humbly position isn't actually correct, that the position of the majority, which is that one shouldn't do it, and it's like the problem with the position of the majority is that it's two, it's two steps removed. Because the humble is two steps above. They not only said the prayer is haram, but they, the, the act is haram, but they said it's invalid. Whereas the majority said that it's not only is it valid, but it's not even haram. They said it's makruh, Because for them, it was all about najasa. And they said that once you've got the najasa out of the way and there's no issue of najasa, then what's the problem? Because they were never going to buy the idea that, yani, that praying in a graveyard is taking the graves of the prophets as a, as a place of worship. So I'm just saying that from my point of view, I know I'm never going yani, to If I pray in a grave, first of all, it was the most stupidest thing I ever did. Yeah, to go and pray in a grave because you know, I mean, uh, to be uh, you know, just to be walking with your eyes open in a grave is the scariest thing ever. Let alone close your eyes in such that, and God knows what happens. Yeah, and uh, also, here's the irony. That out of all of the evidences, out of all of the evidences that have been put forward, so for example, what are the evidences that it will? Uh, so from the akal, it will lead to shirk. That is najasa. It isn't akal. I'm doing no shirk. Most of my people today, Yani, who's going to pray in a graveyard, are only doing it because they're desperate or something. They're not, you know, whatever. What are the evidences? The hadith don't, the the, the, the don't pray in the uh, hamam and the maqbara. We said that there's a weakness in that hadith according to a number of scholars. Or did we say the hadith of doubt, don't do, do what the Jews and Christians did? We said that no one's actually praying on the grave or taking it as a place of worship. So these are all evidences. I think there's a response for every single one. The one evidence that I did not see a response for, which made a huge amount of sense to me, is what? Anyone think of one? People at the
1: person
0: who's doing it outside? No. Think of, it's a hadith concerning your homes. Do not make your homes graveyards. Right? So it's very clear that from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ that he d- that yani the concept of a graveyard is that it has no prayer. Yeah? The graveyard has no prayer. So the Prophet ﷺ encouraged us to pray Sunnah, do not make your homes graveyards, pray Sunnah, pray Sunnah at home. And so therefore that means by definition, graveyards do not have a prayer. And that's enough. When Anas prayed in it, and he got criticized so badly by Umar, that's enough. That's why I will, I, I will never pray in it, I never tell anyone to pray in it. But do I believe that if someone prays in it, that their, their prayer is invalid? No. Understand that? That's my position. You can make that class position, you can do what you want with that.
1: How
0: would you reconcile the of hadith where the Prophet was buried in? So the issue with the, 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 the uh, burial of the Prophet ﷺ is that it was never, ever, ever, Understood that it was being buried in the masjid. No, no, with, don't
1: make your homes graveyards.
0: Home. Oh no, there's exceptions for the Prophet wa He said that very clearly that the prophets are buried where they are, where they pass. That's hadith, yeah, it, they, yeah. So that's that's an obvious exception. That's the the rule is still the same. That means if he's if he's in battle, then they get buried there. If he's actually buried there, if he's at home, he gets buried there. Yeah, and of course, the meaning of the graveyard uh, is not literal. It doesn't mean not to, it's not prohibiting burying someone at home. It's don't make your homes like graveyards, in that you do not pray there. Pray there. Yeah? Alright, so let's move on then to um, Al Hush. Al-Hush. Al-maka- this is at the bottom of page and, uh, 241 <laughs> in Mumtah. In Anyone who's following in the Arabic, then it's at the bottom of 241. So he says Al-Hush, which we've said what? What did I call it? Toilet? Yeah. Toilet, yeah. So and, and that's exactly what it is. fiha al insan min al Where a person urinates or defecates. So proper, to- proper toilet, old school toilet. yeah, um, And... It's, the prayer is invalid in this place because it is najis it is filthy disgusting and and because it is وشياطين, it is the home of devils okay it is where they where they relax okay and shiatin khabitha they are disgusting in of them themselves For amakin so the most beloved of places to shayateen are the most filthiest of places so anywhere where there's najas that's why, Yani. Yeah, I mean, that's why you, you, uh, you know, I don't know if we really spoke about it in this class or somewhere else that, Yani. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we we're always told not to. Um, I mean, the hadith is also clear that you don't urinate at a flowering tree. Okay, we we're always told that, Yani, yeah, I mean, because that's the kind of place where um, dogs will go. And you know, it's a tree, isn't it? I saw a classic video. You on know, WhatsApp. Mom sent it to me. It. Huh? Ever seen it? Yeah. Is that old? Is that new? You've seen, yeah, the guy who's sitting there on his mobile. He's, <laughs> he's sitting on the he's sitting on the street and he's so intent on his mobile. And the guy's literally he hasn't moved. And he's like a like a like a like a statue. And it's this dog that's walking aimlessly around. And he's obviously he's he's, he's he's looked at this guy, he's made a shout, he goes, This is a statue, obviously. And he's pure put his leg up, bead all over him. The guy's reaction is absolute classic. I mean he literally jumps up and yeah, and he, you know, it's like first of all, we're trying to kick the dog in the head, and then he's trying to take the thing off as well. Oh, it's an absolute disaster. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so you know we were always told as kids, Yani, yeah, do not go and urinate in these kind of places towards a tree and whatever, because that's where the jinn are. And you know this this person he did that, and then he got Yani, yeah, you know they found him dead the next day, Yani, yeah, thrown off the cliff and all the rest of it. So Yani, yeah, you know we always Yani yeah, used to avoid those places. So uh, jinn, which are of course shi'atine, Shiatin themselves they love the dirty places right and that's why when you go into the bathroom you say allahumma inni al wal so Shayateen a place uh, uh, is that and something which is interesting for your benefit and that's why the place of prayer which is the most beloved of places to the angels is called what do you think Put it, yani, into the linguistics of the Shiiteen, yani? What is it that they absolutely love? They love the Najasa, and what is it that they absolutely hate, which the angels love? Oh. Huh? Oh. Yeah, yeah that it is. But what is the place called? Oh.
1: Oh.
0: What is the place called that the Shiiteen absolutely detest more than anything? So much so that the word itself, yani, indicates how much the Shiiteen detest it nope not musallah not not, not too far though so sad I'm so sad at least half of this no not half at least 30% of this room here has taken fiqh as so sad (laughs) may Allah forgive Rehan, who said masjid Rehan, I was expecting to bring to bring the bring the goods home what a sad news I'm bringing what a sad news, Rayhan. Although I get that, he's saying Masjid from Sajda and Shaitan. Yani he didn't want to do Sajda. Yeah, Yani, that's not a bad ta'leel What is a place of prayer? What's the name of a place of prayer? May Allah forgive all those people. Yani who, especially Jiva, may Allah forgive her three times for taking the class three times, fitna and still not being able to answer this question. Unbelievable if You have a flipping clue. I literally, I've, I've literally defined it. I mean, I couldn't possibly give you more clue. I told you Musalla is very close, I said Masjid is very close. I said that it's a place that linguistically indicates very clearly that it's the exact place that Shayateen hate so much. I said it's a, it's a, a place, name of the place of prayer. The word is Mihrab. Oh. You bunch of Paggies, man. <laughs> mihrab mihrab from haraba yani to run from to flee from the shaytan yani flees from the place of ibadah the mihrab is either it's not this you see because all of you and you all think that that thing there is a mihrab okay the mihrab has only been used in recent times to show qibla the mihrab indicates a place of prayer it indicates a place where the shaitan flees from because people are constantly <coughs> praying there that. that's why when zakaria was qa'im fil mihrab Praying, when Dawood was in his mihrab, the angels came to him. The angels came to Zakaria in his mihrab. Zakaria came to Maryam in her mihrab, right? All the time, every individual was doing what in the mihrab? Prayer, prayer, prayer. Mihrab is an indicator of prayer. It means a prayer room, prayer area, prayer niche, whatever. And shayateen, as we know, as soon as the uh, uh, ibadah and dhikr and adhan and salah starts, they run until they know that the person becomes weak, then they come and attack them. Uh, the hadith are many on that. We covered that in we covered that in Bab of Adhan as well. Anyway, so that's an indication that the... What was that indication of? Ah, oh, that that's the place of the, that they hate and they love the uh, toilets. And that's why we should not be praying there. We should not pray in the areas that they love and they worship and that they celebrate. And as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, wal lil In Surah Al-Nur, verse 26, that the filthy are for the filthy and the filthy are for the filthy. Right? <laughs> or we could say that the filthy things are for the filthy males and the filthy males are for the filthy females. You can translate that however you want. The point is, is that it's a, using in a metaphorical way that it's clear that let let filth stick with the filth and the tayyibat, yani the pure for the pure okay so that's from the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alright um, Shaykh then says on page 232 let's just read some of the stuff that he says he goes so the, the masajid they are the houses of Allah and they are the place that angels retreat to whereas toilets are where uh... The devil's chill, and that's why we make the dua and make isti'adha. And therefore, it's not right that in such a disgusting place that we do ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And how can a person stand there in, in salah and say, in a place which he knows is yani, full of, the, yani, you int- intentionally entered into the place of the shayateen? So, um, here's the thing what's the illa then? What's the ruling? Do we accept this or not? Do we go with the humbly position as the class position? The hadith is the same. All right, We were not happy with the maqbara issue because we said, first of all, that the narration itself is not very strong. Yes? We said, Al ardu kullaha masjidun ill maqbara wal hammam. Right? Al hammam is far, far less problem than a toilet. Okay? This is the main hadith that people use. That the the earth is all a masjid except the graveyard and the toilet. Or the bathroom, sorry. That's the hadith. That's the one that we said has weakness. Okay? But that's the main evidence. Now, I ask you the question. If we've now had that little discussion about graveyards, and I've said to you, I'm not too happy with this as an evidence. uh, The the, 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 the graveyards not najis. I'm not going to do shirk there. It doesn't mean you need to pray in a graveyard, you're going to pray in a grave. So, I, I ask you, why is no one challenging this position?
1: and the I najasa mean, doesn't stay there either. So, looking at the time of sallallahu alaihi or even like you know from villages, the najasa is there. The good, toilet.
0: good, correct, yeah.
1: Just Saudi service station toilet, that's what you
0: see. <laughs> 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 what are you hating on Saudi service stations for? <laughs> and you realize that it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, Abdul Nasir says that even today's toilets, they're very clean. Even a toilet. Yeah, I mean, it is you know got to flush and all the rest of it, and it stays away. So, um, Shazad counters with the fact yeah, I mean, throwing the Saudis under the bus, which there's no need to. What about Pakistani service station? Why are you throwing Saudi for? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you hating on thingy? They don't have service stations. <laughs> Astaghfirullah. <laughs> Astaghfirullah. <laughs> <laughs> Chief's on one today, man. I don't know what it is, man. Pakistan, Saudi. Who else are you taking down today, bro? So... Um, so, if, they're illa, if the reason for prohibition is najasa, okay, then we have a problem. Maybe we have a problem. Maybe we have a problem because we can make the toilets very clean. In actual fact, I can guarantee you that the normal toilet is probably far cleaner than your keyboard and your desk. Yeah. Especially you, you know, dirty packies, yeah. We <laughs> have never probably cleaned the end of the keyboard ever. Or their steering wheel Or their mobile phone You know when I Take someone's mobile phone I take it in my fingers like this Like that Because all your dirty pack is, That's why. I don't trust anyone I'll be honest with you I'm not OCD But I do kind of feel that way When I touch other people's stuff But anyway If you work it In the corporate or retail environment You'll become like that Very quickly When you see how dirty And everyone else is No one washes hands anymore if I saw someone come out of the bathroom, I would tell him straight, excuse me, did you wash your hands? I would <laughs> tell him straight, I can't be dealing with a person, you know, he's done all that behavior without washing their hands. I can't, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with it. Right, so, if the illa is <clears throat> najasa, then what happens if we make it clean? That's my question to you. Is where you put the to it. Go on. So the niyyah you have allocated
1: a space for...
0: So your point is is that whatever, however clean you make this place, it's still seen as the place of najasa. It goes, in and, uh,
1: and it
0: goes back to its Asal, which is a Saudi service station, is it? <laughs> whatever happens, if it's not clean, that's what it's like. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem with making the illa the najasa. Making the illah the najasa is going to cause us a problem in, not the toilet, but in the hammam. That's about to come up, isn't it? Bathrooms. Alright? So that's where this issue becomes a bit tricky. It's safer to just stick to the fact that we either we don't know the illah, or we say the illah is najasa and something else. And that should be shayateen. And once you make the presence of the shayateen the illah, then it's just clearly not allowed. End of. Mm. You know what I'm saying?
1: There's no way of uh, confusing this because it might be with your graveyard. Yep. But this is always. Of, yeah, it's always of,
0: Meaning that the prohibition here should be very clear compared to the potential. I agree with that. And that's why I'm saying that I accept it as a discussion on the graveyard, and you heard what I said. But I refuse to accept that for the uh, toilet. I refuse to. And I'm gonna come to and my argument I'm gonna say it now, but I really I wanted to save it for the bathrooms, but I'll save it now, okay? That I want you to remember what you're doing and who you're worshiping. There is absolutely Yaani, if a person's ibadah has been reduced to the level that they have to pray in a toilet, I don't think Yaani that you know you just need to reset that button. Because Ibadah is a commitment and a sacrifice. You cannot continue to worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala in fear and secrecy all your life. If you do not have the confidence, if someone is yeah, got some emergency scenario, or whatever, whatnot, and they need to pray in their bedroom or something. You know, we'll give for for those people on a case by case basis. But normal people who say that I'm in front, I'm ashamed, or there's people around, or there's X, there's Y, you know, people have got to really rethink that, and people have got to rethink. Yeah, need that there, and also. Subhanallah, um, respect yani for the prayer. Respect for the prayer. Yani you look at some. Yani here's the, this is the difference between yani us and I would say non-Muslims. No, I, I, don't, I don't want to say us, but I mean this is the difference yani, between us trying to make yani that halal. Yeah, trying to allow a person to pray in a toilet. Can you imagine a non-Muslim doing that? Other than yani one of them sitting on a toilet praying yani you know like you probably expect it to happen. Okay? But that's because their whole concept of prayer is messed up. But I mean like like I I know this much. I know this much. Like I'm gonna go right cultural stereotypes. That whenever I used to be working closely with non Muslims, okay? Or even not even actually you don't need to work closely with anyone. Around non Muslims, they are far more surprised how flexible we are with the prayer Yani than than you know. They're like Oh, should we close the door? Oh, should we do this? Oh, would you want some privacy? Oh, do you want to? You know, why are you praying in a broom cupboard? Why are you? You know, what I'm trying to say, they're the ones more surprised, whereas we're saying, no, no, it's all chill, it's all good. I don't need a mat. I don't need this. I don't need that. You get what I'm trying to say? So it's almost like they have been brought up with a reverence for the prayer that sometimes, in our flexibility around the prayer, we lose. And I'm saying to you, we should not lose a reverence for the prayer. We should not even be having the discussion. That's what I'm saying. I don't want us to leave it to the legal part. Let's speak about it even emotionally. No problem. How can anyone justify to themselves that they pray in a toilet and by extension a bathroom? And that's what we're going to come to now. hamam. So he says the hammam is not to be prayed in either. And again, this is classic, and yani, in a humbly position. The humblies don't allow it. The majority do. And the hammam is a bathhouse. It's not the toilet. Okay? And by bathhouse, that means a sauna. That means the, uh, the Roman bathhouses, the hammamat of the Turks. And it means your bathroom as well. That is what's being referred to. Why? Because the idea now is another two, uh, 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 two to three reasons that are being given. The first is a hadith. Don't, yani, the, everywhere is a place of prayer except the hammam. If you take the hadith as an evidence which a number of scholars did then bam it's game over you don't pray in the uh, bathroom if we're going down the najasa line then the truth is is that this is also a place of najas it's not a toilet but there are people that's washing najasa off okay which I have no shame telling you all right now I spent one whole hour doing last night I don't mind I'm going to say the story because she's too young to really feel the thingy Yesterday, my Hibba she did a disaster. My missus is watching this at home. Yeah, I wanted to support me in saying this because I feel like a hero. I said to my missus, in fact, I'll tell you that at the end of the story. Let me tell you what happened last night. Hibba I'm, I'm sorry. Hibba if you ever see this when you grow up, yes. Yeah. I love you more than anything on the planet, but you messed me up last night. Girl. Anyway, she did the fo- She's ill, Miss Keen. She never done that ever before. She doesn't wear nappies. She did a number two, bro. She did a number two at two thirty in the morning. And it was a Qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Azza wa that I was awake. (laughs) (laughs) Because otherwise you know I'm not see see no evil, hear no evil. See no evil, hear no evil. It's your own fault for being awake. It's my own fault it's my own fault which is why I took it like a man I honestly you would not believe how I dealt with it SAS style picked it up ran did this that Mrs. Yanni was and I was like I'll deal with it watch me smash this I'm going to give you the full details just so you realize what a man I am Say asha the truth is is that I was working got back into bed late I you know the missions that we're going through at the moment. They'd want to kick Hibba out. I'm keeping Hiba close. Hiba started moaning, yani, uh, this, that, whatever. And Then she sat up and she was, you know, she's not well. And, you know, but she, by the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, she is sleeping on her belly, on her front. So then I put the light off and whatever, the light was off actually, and I turned the phone thing off and I give her a cuddle. Put the hand around her, as I always do, tap the thingy. What the fish is that? (laughs) Felt a level of dampness that I haven't felt, Yanni, in three and a half years. (laughs) I said, no, wait. Just quickly, Yanni, thingy off, see a massive brown patch. (laughs) I was like, oh, sugar. Mrs. wakes up. What, 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 what? This, that, I got this, I got this. Hipper's now woke up. What's Hipper trying to do? Turn over in it, <laughs> so this is a, f- a disaster right now. so what am I done? right hand i 've got her two feet together and pushed it down so she can 't move, but the whole body 's going to swivel, so the other hand i 've put down on her back so she doesn 't move she 's now she 's woken up and she 's panicked now. Why the fish am I being any pushed down into the bed so I kept it like that, she's struggling, struggling. I can't we can't continue like this for too long. Yeah? So I had to maneuver this hand which was pushing to somehow grab and lift like a champ. Which I did. In one move, I, I, I lifted her like this. Now she should just stay still like a fish. But she didn't. She's struggling, this, that, whatever, and I don't have enough of a grip to. So she's going, I'm going like this. I go, Hibba, relax, just stop, just stop, Hibba, just stop. And she's obviously asleep and not knows what's going on. I said, in the, Mrs. is out of bed now, she's opening all the doors and I'm legging it to the bathroom. Legging it to the bathroom. Bro, I get to the bathroom. I'm thinking, what am I doing, what am I doing, what am I doing here? This is not my territory, I don't know what's happening here. So I went straight into the bathtub and I stood her in the bathtub. Hibba's now, said, Hibba, good girl, you're okay. She's now, you know, she's now, you know, she's all right, she's chilled. Mrs. says, right, just take it off, we'll wash it all here. So, obviously she's saying this from behind. (laughs) And I'm the one, Yanni, who's, because my my bathroom's got these doors, and I've opened the doors, only one person's space. So it's like, okay. So then, I took it off. I just want to say to you, that I see something, Yanni, that no man should ever want to see. There was a lot there. And, Here's the, the huge mistake which, to be honest, I'm very upset about my wife because she's not an amateur by any means. We took the, the, the trousers off and tried to clean her as much as possible with tissues and put that in the toilet, whatever, blah, blah. And then the, the, the bottoms are put to the side. And now she's being washed, me doing the washing. I said, our Allah, you know, this was water, we we'll deal with it it was all manageable because I'd got most of it off the tissues. tissue was clean alright then muggins her own. what did she say I said I want to take this now the, the thingy the what's it called the, the, it's not nappy is it if it was a nappy wouldn't it be a problem would it <laughs> it's a flipping trousers and I said I'm going to pick up these trousers one way or one way or the other I'm going to transfer it to the toilet. And then we can pour water all over it so it goes up. She goes, no, no, no. This is the toilet. It's the same thing. So sorry. This is the bath. This is exactly what we're talking about this, okay? Just so that you understand. This is the bath. Because you know some people, by the way, they urinate when they're having a shower. You know that, yeah? <coughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying, yeah. <laughs> Which I find disgusting and completely unacceptable. Wallah al And I never ever imagined, I never grew up like that. We were never brought up like that. It's hum- um- but I have now grown up to realize that many people do it. Many Muslims do it. Okay? They urinate in the bath. And they say, so what? You wash it away. I'm not from that school, bro.
1: <laughs>
0: so obviously, Maga was saying that it's the same thing. It's all connected. And she's right. It is all connected, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The drain, uh, the thingy is connected. She goes, it'll all go down. It'll all go down. You
1: <laughs> see,
0: the throw the back. The the and throwing it in the, in the bin. That's just that salemia. Yeah. She's a a number and that's it. I paid five quid for that bombs. There is no way am I throwing away those five quid bombs. She says he buys these one new she one. doesn't even buy nappies. He buys new bottoms each time. He goes to Tesco's and he buys fifty trousers.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> No, no, you are right. Wallah, you're right. And in hindsight, considering I was there for one hour, <laughs> considering that I was there for one hour, I, 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 I you know, I, I take my, to my mind. yeah, but <laughs> I'm a pack. And
1: the missus would have said, no, what are you doing? And I would have said, shut up and get out. <laughs> no way. That's you're really right, wallah,
0: crazy. you're right, you're right. With any of my clothes. Wallah. Oh, no, you haven't heard anything yet. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, thinking like a pack, I've got to save the trousers, and I do really like them, they're very nice, so what have I done? So I've kind of, you know, I've listened to her logic, and I said, you know what, I've seen the gore. they, they urinate in the bathroom, and it does go down the same hole at the end of the day, I have to say, never seen anyone defecating one, I have to say, by the way, I have, in Haram, in Mecca, in the Zamzam Uh, 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 area where people you know thinking I told you guys about that anyway forget that so uh, people do everything but I said you know what a sewer is a sewer a drain is a drain khalasi and wash it through my god she's gone in it she's gone with the kid who I washed proper in between toes feet everything lifted up back was broken that's it I said "I, I have no idea how anyone does that and she's giving it. And imagine that if you're pregnant. Imagine if you're pregnant. You know all that kind of bakwas, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Don't need that. Don't need that. I don't need that whole. Yani, you know, imagine, imagine, imagine. I've already said. You know, well done to you. Khalas, Yani. All right. So she goes with the kid. I now put the water on. Unbelievable. Huge amounts come out. Get stuck in the bloody drain. I was so angry. Why do I listen to it? I mean, Why? And, it, and, and then it's like it wouldn't bloody go down, with it? <laughs> you this morning, Habibi, this morning, people want to talk to me about this yani, chapter about hammam, yani, not having naj- najasa in there. Are you kidding me? I had to then use literally about two rolls of tissue to scoop it up like I'm a dog owner or something. Why
1: did you stick
0: it? Why did you run it? Are you flipping crazy? With what? Get, it it get, get something. She's <laughs> coming handy. You see. I'm hearing something today. He's saying stick it. He's saying this way. I use your toothbrush. I don't. Know, what the? I, I don't know what's happening. All I know, all I know is that I had to do a, an hour-long process where, well, my hands. Well, that's worse though. You're using
1: tissue. You
0: have to use tissue then lots of it so that water doesn't go through and then pick it up and then transfer it and then you jet sh- shower this that then I felt yeah, it, it, then it was spotless I washed it with soap then I felt uh, then I washed it with bleach and everything I killed the place as in I killed it now I say to you now after I spent one hour washing that place killed it and it's brand new there's no cracks here and it's so it's just white smooth porcelain or whatever it is yep ceramic or whatever it is it is supremely clean and dry supreme but I swear I'll be a muggy if I ever have a shower in there again (laughs) I never will that's 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 the truth and I said to the missus I said it's clean but you know I'm not I'm not can't do it so I'm just saying so that's the side story okay I want you to know that when I came back Hiba was asleep Mrs. asleep No, no, Mrs. was not asleep in credit to her You know what I said to her? I was obviously feeling proud of myself I said, I just want to say to you That I smashed it there She goes, yeah Then she starts saying Yeah, try doing that when you're pregnant Try and doing that blah 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 She goes, F- four kids Nappies I did You never did a single nappy I said, I think What I just did there Was equal to all of the nappies Of all the kids All of them he goes, no, no. I, I just put it out there. Do we agree that what I did there, bare hand shoveling of, of Najasa, has got to be on a level of four kids of, of nappies. Got to be. Bro, shut up, shut up. Listen, I've seen people do the nappy thing. I've seen it. The nappy happens, and what they do is that when they take the nappy off, they lift the kid, and they use the nappy itself to clean the kid. So when they've done that, there's nothing left. And then they get wipes. Wipe clean everything. That
1: depends on what's in the nappy.
0: But they don't touch the nappy, do they? Mm-hmm. The nappy's taken the full
1: depending l- on what's in the nappy. Sometimes what's in the nappy doesn't stay in the nappy, does it? I've been there, I don't know.
0: You're talking about a leaking nappy. Where didn't leaking nappies come into it?
1: What about when the department decides to do one? Yeah. <laughs> what did last night? What I did last
0: night? <laughs> <laughs> so what are you saying? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a hero. Yeah, I don't, I don't know a lie. No. No. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in that gloves hype. I'm not in that gloves hype. I'm a yeah, need, You know. My experience did sound very inexperienced. <laughs> well, of course it's inexperienced. I'm proud of my inexperience. What do you think I am? My experience is over flipping a thingy shoveler. Huh? <laughs> Anyway, anyway, correct as Awal said, I did mina, man. That's nothing. Once you've survived mina, you're okay. So my point, back to the point, is that you may think that the toilet or the shower is clean, or you may think that the shower cubicles, for example, are clean. You get what I'm trying to say, right? When you walk into, say, a swimming pool and you go to the shower cubicles. And you might have seen the cleaner come out and use them, whatever, whatnot. People going in all the time. <laughs> I'm telling you now how many people go in there and urinate. And then how many people yeah, are conscious about that. I don't know how many people care about when what happens when they urinate. I'm so conscious in the bathroom when I shower. Okay? I will never, ever, dare, ever, 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 بالله, do something like that in the toilet, yeah, and in the shower. I'm so conscious that, you know, when you've got so- so- soap uh, 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 thingies, splashes, foam, foam, and it goes on the wall and it goes on the thingy, I will wash everything down. Like I won't let, off soap thingy, like all the four corners of the thingy after I shower, the wall, whatever, whatnot. So, I'm seeing these people who don't care whatsoever after they've even gone to the thingy. How do we know that there's not splashes there, there, whatever, so I want to put to you that the hammam itself is highly potential to be full of najis. Number two, it is a place of kashf al awrat, as Sheikh Uthaymeen says. It's a place where the awra is uncovered yani intentionally, and that is not making it a good place. Number three, it comes under the general uh, category of a place of the shayateen as well. Okay? And we have the hadith as well, etc., etc., etc. So, Sheikh Uthaymeen says, and it is a place where people bathe and clean. And also, I'm not even talking about this because it's not so relevant now, but before, of course, the, ba- the baths were a place where men and women would go and mix as well, etc., in not very good circumstances. And that's why the hammam, the word hammam, actually, even if it's a only, a male-only or female-only, whatever, has a bad connotation in, in, in thingy. In, certainly in Arab countries, I don't, Pakistan don't have hammams, right? We don't have hammams, yeah? No? And Arab countries... There's a negative connotation behind it, yeah? yeah. It,
1: they not really pool. Like,
0: right, no. So I'm talking yeah, old school. It is, isn't it? Hamam is not as innocent as it sounds. To oh, the, yeah. It's seen as a place where even, you know, men and, you know, massage and it's on the way to uh, a brothel kind of... In brothel, it's
1: not like that.
0: So here's the irony. In Pakistan, okay, and this is where I think I'm going to make the, the connection with Morocco, is that where there are more poorer, simpler areas, okay, it's actually seen as the only place to go and have a bath, which, which is different. Because remember, wh- where did the hammam come from? The hammam was established to allow people to not have to go and do it at home, basically. Uh, when I say home, meaning stand in a tin pot, Bath or standing and thingy and do it themselves. So there's a place that you go and you actually have a shower. Certainly in my village, up until very recently, until up, well it's still there, but for me personally, up until very recently, I also used to use a hammam. But the hammam was what? It was two showers at the back of the barbers. <coughs> Literally. So you'd go to the barbers, you'd get your, your shave, your trim, whatever, and then you go to the back, and what the, uh, the barber has done is that he's got a big oil drum, you know, the big drums, and they've heated the water up. So what you're paying for is to go in there and have hot water, because you know that when you're at home, you don't have hot water. Okay, so the hammam was always like that. It was a place for, to, you know, to go, and, and that's how it was originally. Then very soon, it became a place of illicit behavior, where people would go, they, they would add steam, sauna, then it became the place of chilling. Because never has in our, in, 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 our, in our Islamic culture has the bathroom been a place that you relax. That's the problem with the idea of soaking in baths and this and that, that if it's too close to the toilet or it's too kind of, you know, whatever, it, it's, it's, we're creating a situation where we relax in the wrong kind of place. Now, if it's at home, I can see the argument, but when it's in a, a, a communal kind of a place, then you start to see this kind of um, thing happen. Anyway, it has a negative connotation. وَلِهَذَا نَهَى الشرع عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ فيه. That's why the, the sharia has, um, has uh, in, uh, prohibited the prayer in it. Here's the key part now for me. Here's the key part from Sheikh Uthameen. And this is the one that we need to ask ourselves. Because we know that we have seen places where the bathroom is absolutely clean. I've told you about the normal bathroom, but what about a bathroom that's just been cleaned by a, a, a cleaner? What about yani, in hospitals where there are certain wards that only have Yani a toilet that's, not, that's closed down? Or an area of the hospital. I I used to work in a hospital, and there was a part uh, of the hospital that was not in use at all. And its toilets were not used. Okay? And there were people that would go in, and when I say toilets, they were like the, the not just disabled, but hospital disabled, meaning that it's completely open, and the floor is a wet room style, so you just have to go in with the wheelchair, and they just shower right there, there and then. So it's like a, it's like a room. It's an absolutely brand spanking clean room with tiles. It would be any other normal room at any other place, except that there's a little drain in the corner. That's the only thing, and it's unused. So think think about that. Is it permissible to pray in that? Sheikh Uthameen says, says, zahir al Hadith." He goes that if you take the Hadith as it is, then it seems that there is no difference between the hammam that has people that bathe there, or one that has not a single person to be found there. As long as that place is known as a bathroom, then the prayer is invalid in that place. As long as people call it a bathroom. Now I think, that legally the argument is weak, emotionally I think it's strong. And I think that's what we should do. Because, but going back to the point that I said earlier on, if we do not respect our prayer enough, that we are actually ready to justify praying it in a bathroom where this happens. Even if people don't go there, it's, underlying, it's showing a, a, a bigger underlying problem. Does that make sense? And that worries me a lot. That worries me a lot. So um, it's difficult to tell you what the class position is, not the class position is. The class position is is that for the toilet and the bathroom, we should not pray in it. Now... But the good thing is about doing it the way that we've just done it, explained and, and debated it, is that now you know that if you come across a person, okay, new Muslim or someone who's terrified for their religion or someone who's very weak or trying to hide their iman and they say to you that and I cannot risk praying at work because there are some people that know my parents and if they tell them that I'm a Muslim, you know, this kind of narrative, then it is permissible for you to say to that person that if there is a bathroom at work that's not a toilet, that's not used, or that is completely clean, then it's potential, yeah, and if possible that you can pray in there because there's no direct, yeah, any evidence like this. There's, that the argument could be brought forward. That's the kind of information that you would use to develop a fatwa. That's how you work as a mufti. You look at where there's areas of flexibility, and then you build upon that. You get what I'm saying, folks? Yeah. So um, that's that. I was going to go into the next one, but the next one's quite long. We've already done an hour and nine minutes, so we'll take some questions, and then we'll uh, we'll uh, take it from there. Go to the bottom, uh, Shaz. So, okay, did the uh, blah, blah 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 blah. Is that the bottom, Shaz? Well, there's just some the Okay, right. right. Here we go. Uh, opting out of a janaza prayer. Just touching on the point where Shaykh mentioned it has become a norm in the haram for a farisal to be followed by a janaza. Oh no, we, we did that thingy. Is it allowed to opt out of the janazah if one has no valid excuse? You know, yani, at a, at a, at a, a Janazah is not obligatory. Once there are other people there, then you don't need to pray. And as long as there's a good number, then you, you know. And if you don't know the person at all, then you should feel no obligation of praying. But if you know the person, then you should go and pray janazah, yes. But uh, uh, yeah. Uh, we go camping with our horse trailer, and it doubles as a stable for the horses, and the front part we use for, for storage. See, this is a good question. Look okay although it's not relevant this week it's relevant next week but so uh so john make sure you ask this question next week okay because it will become relevant so we go camping with our horse trailer it doubles as a stables for the horse and in the front part we use for storage the trailer is divided in half can we pray in the front storage area if we also use the part the horses stable in as a toilet because it has a camping kind of potty thing The wall divider is four feet tall, so the horse and toilet section is not completely walled off like a separate room. Is that you get the kind of picture? Okay? So it's like one unit with a thing in between, but there's a clear divider. And the answer to that, okay, actually this is kind of fifty percent next week and fifty percent this week. The, The the thing is is that if it is separate, if it's separate and never used as a toilet or a bathroom or whatever then this is a storage. It's a storage part of the trailer and it's uh, permissible to pray in there. It is permissible. It gives sitar. It gives cover. It's, yani, it is not part of the toilet itself, especially if it can separate as well. But even if it's together, if it is separated in a significant way and it is not seen as part of that, then like for example, in my house, when we pray in the bathroom, the bathroom is right there. You actually, yani, we sometimes pray with the ba- bathroom in front of us we kind of closed the door out of respect. But even if the door wasn't closed and the door remained open and we are not praying towards directly towards the toilet inside, so we're praying like this and the bathroom is there, the shape of the room makes it like that. So it's not, yeah, there it doesn't have to be fully walled off, yeah, no gap crevice can be, it's just got to be understood that's a bathroom, this is a separate area. As long as it's separate, as long as this area has not been used for any toilet use or anything like that. She said very clearly that we also go to the toilet in the place where the horses are, and this part we don't use. So that's okay. Yes?
1: With the separation, will not depend from the house to the stable. For example, what kind of separation would you be able to smell, because it's not something which you get rid of? Yeah. If the separation is a physical scene, or just a... Smell. yeah
0: so when you ask a question about what is physical because what is separation because you can always smell okay you can always smell things I mean let's be honest I mean, yeah I mean I'm saying Nijasi, okay najasa not najasa whatever masajid sometimes you walk into a masjid I'm telling you man it's like it's disgusting you know what I'm saying and there are parts of the home for example where we have toilets that you can't get rid of the smell, for example, that comes out into the bedroom or into the front room. Does it make Yanni, the prayer invalid? No. I mean, in this case,
1: I mean, the, the is
0: it's very good. close. You're right. I mean, so in response to your question, sorry, yani, what is separation? Is it smell? Is it physical? The answer is that there's no evidence for either. It's understood. That's all. It's whether you see this as separate. It's whether you, for example, would say, hey, let's, it's raining, let's sit inside here and let's have, have our dinner, for example. <laughs> it's whether you kind of feel. That you put things in there, and you see what am I looking for? I'm looking for something from from the question that shows that they've given some meaning to the other room. And she said, "Yeah, we use it as storage." So it's like it's gone; it's given some kind of other reality. So once you start to give it another reality, then I think it's okay.
1: You can't think of like you know, even it's that storage. I mean, nobody would go and eat food over like you said. I know. I think they would. If if there's wall and the separation is like low, and mm-hmm. obviously the Smell.
0: yeah I, I, I think that's a good caveat I think that's a good caveat basically if you were to go in there and feel like you were not able to eat food because the separation is so small then correct you shouldn't then feel comfortable praying in there. and then Joan can work that herself if she feels comfortable eating food there then it's fine it's like and, and, and listen this is going to be subjective we all know that nowadays toilets come crazy if you go to Dubai for example going to some toilets up there it's madness these toilets are better than most people's homes yeah and you'll go in and you'll see some luxurious stuff next level what about these toilets that are very big so there's toilets then they go on cubicles become very big and very large areas very dense very sparsely kind of you know large areas where there's no cupboards no toilets whatever and how far do you go then it goes back to that emotional understanding this is all under one kind of closed area and it's called a bathroom respect has to come into itself, Yani. Self-awareness has to come into it. I think it's got to be more than just the law here. I think it's got to be more than just the law. Yes, Shaz. No, uh, unfortunately, uh, no one from the U.S. can join the Hajj, unfortunately. Um, Awais <laughs> is messing around with me. Um, are you sympathetic to Aoni's view in regards to Ibadah and Shirk? That's not for this class. Um, and Breen What about being near the grave, like in our villages back home? Or even what about where the graveyard is in the bazaar, and you have a room next to it? Would that be considered the same? So this is exactly the question that we're talking about, okay, with respect to the uh, uh, room that has a grave next to it. In this scenario, as long as there is definite separation between you and the grave meaning that it's clear that the grave is on the outside of the house and I am the dividing wall, then it's permissible to pray. Then it's permissible to pray. Can you pray in shops and changing rooms? Yes, you can. Okay, where music is being played in the the background? Yes, you can. And I said this before, that music playing is, is is not an invalidator of the prayer. And also I said that there's a difference between hearing music and listening to music. Okay, so hearing, we hear things all the time. And you've got to train yourself to be able to only hear and not to listen. Listen is when you lend your ear to something. That's the definition of يعني, problems. When you... يعني, a sama' by itself is something. Or istimaa is something else. There's an intention, there's a focus, there's a follow, there's an interest. And that's, that's when it gets a problem. But even I want to say, even if you are listening to music... Yeah, and in that you hearing it and you memorize something and you, or your memories are recalled. Whatever, the prayer itself is valid as long as you fulfill the rest of the conditions of the prayer. It's going to be a poor quality prayer, obviously, if you are listening. All right, That's something to be aware of. So a hammam is yeah, a shower room. That's how we're reading it. A shower room. No toilet. Correct, Aisha. When we say hammam, we are not saying there's a toilet. There is no toilet there whatsoever. No toilet whatsoever. We're talking purely a place of bathing. So it is recommended if one is able to to build the bathroom and toilet separately. So I assume it is recommended if one is able to to build the bathroom and toilet separately. I.e. shower and bathe in a separate room and toilet in a separate room. I cannot say how much I detest that. And every time that I've ever seen a house like that I have a heart attack. And when I was buying a house the house would be great. We're all walking around. That's so great. That's brilliant. And you go upstairs and you open that bloody door. And you see that toilet there like that. And you say, right, thank you very much. Because you make the decision, isn't it? You have a look and you see, is it possible to knock the wall down next door? Is it not? Because there's no way that i find a lame house with no flipping. No, I'm afraid not, bro. I, I, I get the point. The point is fair because you're going to spend time in the toilet. Uh, spend time in the bathroom and whatever. I am saying that the toilet now needs yeah, a place where you can clean yourself properly. And then you have a separate shower or something like that that you can chill in or whatever. Knowing that the janazah, prayer, and the haram or within the masjid is not the sunnah way. No, no, let's not get... No questions off the topic. No questions off the topic. Right, yes. So, because um, you talked
1: about being OCD, it's easy to think that's an Islamic obligation. Not at all. In the, in the world that we live in, Correct. Yes, absolutely. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Correct. Correct. Anyone who's been following Yani these last Yani lessons and Tahara, make sure that you understand that concept very clearly. Yeah. As I as I say many many times, may, maybe become people maybe people are even becoming bored of me saying, this, that Tahara is not cleanliness. Tahara is ritual purification. When you make Wudu an obligation, a thingy it's not about cleaning your skin from every single thing that you think is dirty because what you think is dirty is not actual dirt. Yeah? What you think is dirt is not actual dirt. Like people come in and say, we can't pray because I've got mud on my clothes and things like that. What's mud? What's the problem with mud? Or what's the problem with this, that? Yeah, and our understanding of cleanliness is not as crazy as people make it out to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned
1: about uh, praying in the masjid with his grave and you mentioned that, you know, if you were to be forced to do the salah then
0: it would be still valid in my opinion yeah, yeah. to pray in a masjid that has a grave in it yeah. that is not in front of you yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, I, it's not permissible to pray in a masjid with a grave right bang in front of you that's a disaster yeah. but if there is a grave at the back that is in a room I consider the prayer to be valid sorry
1: because you put the condition if you were forced to
0: do yeah. that no no I, 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 when I, when I, no no when i say force i don't mean ikrah when i say force i mean that the prayer, time prayer is running out well, that's what i meant yeah, can i go into this masjid is that okay yes is it sinful to pray in a masjid i don't think it's sinful i don't think it's sinful to pray in a masjid with a grave in it that is boxed off closed off yeah. so um, would
1: the dua for to the toilet be
0: required going to the bathroom? yes yes the dua for going into the toilet is the same as the dua for going into the bathroom <coughs> same if there, it does not need to have an actual toilet uh, uh, For it to be a place of shiateen And the dua is applicable in both There are also baby changing rooms in malls That can be very filthy But don't even have a toilet And that is the same They should be avoided These are areas where people's aura is uncovered People are doing things of kind of najasa involved These are the areas that should be avoided uh-huh. Not for the reason that Muhammad said Which is that we're, we're OCDing But because that's his function or that's the, the place of that. What about
1: praying in
0: an ablution facility where there's no toilets, for example? Oh. Yeah, uh, the question is, what about praying in an ablution facility that does not actually have any toilets? And this is why I believe that it's very important for us to see this, this particular area as emotional as well as legal. Because if you get stuck on the legalities... Yeah. then at least the emotion yeah, on his side can make it clear that to pray in such an area would be not good. But would it be invalid? No. I don't think the prayer is invalid. In fact, I have to tell you that we are very close to doing that here every Jum'ah. When we pray in Jum'ah and we have both toilets on both... Are there toilets on the left? Okay. Uh, only showers, yeah. Well, it's the same thing. So, So both, left and right, people are forced to kind of pray in a doorway of both of them because we're down thinking. So I don't think it's invalid but it's, it's, a, it's a place that it should be avoided. No,
1: uh,
0: is, is there actually a legal distinction between a and a, and a, bath, a, bathroom, a So uh, le- legally in the uh, from a hadith point of view the word hammam is used as you've seen. So that's exactly what it is. And you know hammam and that's why I said that's why I made the point earlier on. That if anything is prohibited with a the hammam, then al-hush in bab al-awla Hushyani is going to be even more emphasized. If anything is prohibited in a bathhouse, then a the toilet is going to be then 100% even more haram. So the legal reality is about the hammam. And that's why the, the discussion about this whole subject is about what is the issue. So they moved back from worrying about the legal distinction between places, and they focus on the legal... Prohibi- reasons for prohibition: uh, nakedness, behavior therein, shaitan staying there, najasa, and once any of these are ticked, place then gets disqualified. Basically, that's how it works. Yeah. So I think you
1: too discussed about that the toilet itself. Yeah. You see, and then the bath for example, yeah, like, yeah. the rest of the room. Yes. Like you know, what is the najasa? If
0: you just the lid back on. Yes. And um, what? Yes, 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 correct. And I think it would be good to review that, with that if, you can, if you do that year two, because we did, we, we did Yanni, discuss it there mm. and said that once you close off the toilet, clean the toilet, close Yanni, the, the, the system, and put the lid back on, have we not created another scenario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt. There's no doubt that, the, just like I just said right now, that the word that prohibits this whole thing is hamama and not toilet, mm. which indicates that there are levels. If the hammam is made haram and there's no people defecating there, then what about the place where everything that we just mentioned happens in a bath and there's defecation. So it's obviously worse. So that means that from worse to better, to better, to be- like a person might say to me, uh, can I make dhikr when I go to change the the, 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 the the baby's nappy in the baby nappy room? You'd say yes. Okay? Because you'd say it doesn't take the ruling of the toilet. person will say, well, can I pray there? I'd say... You know, but I'm more comfortable in a fatwa allowing a person to pray in there than you know, I'm trying to say everything is going to have a lesser and a more level and you've got to look at it you know, in a combined kind of way yeah what
1: would someone do if they like, for example forced into a room where maybe like jail for example where there's just a bed where they stay in that room and then there's a the toilet there? So no yeah
0: I mean a jail is no no problem and a jail, In a jail in a scenario like that where they, where, where they don't have any other option that's where they'll pray and they'll pray as far away from the toilet as possible and even there is understood that's a toilet area this is a normal area that kind of thing yeah when you have
1: children your basic bedroom becomes a place where you can yes habits, so.
0: and that's the point that Mohammed was making that let's not you know jokes aside let's also have a realistic understanding of what is the problem with najasa that we don't go, yani, all waswas upon ourselves and think, you know what? Because everywhere where a kid walks, yani, is potentially najasa, right? Yani, you know, yeah, yeah, it's true. They're literally, yani, you know, in the best and most politically correct, yani, in the most politically correct, they're walking bags of najasa, basically, is what a kid is. Yeah. Yani, in the early days, it's all yani coming out of the mouth. All, like, yani, every few seconds, why? all over they ruin the carpets that, I always say that don't do home decoration when your kids are young wait and you've got another kid coming wait again your carpet is, your carpet is going to be ruined by that white sick bakwas yeah, whatever it is <laughs> they're sick 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 every time you leave them for five seconds yeah. <laughs> Just so nonchalant bakwas come straight out it's so maddening it's unbelievable anyway I think uh, that's enough <coughs> I have some um, uh, 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 good news, but this is not a uh, thingy. Uh, meaning that the. the uh, yes, yes. Okay, okay, we have one question. How long? Sorry? When start
1: the Baji with the Quran.
0: Baji with the Quran. Baji we
1: just
0: buy horses and we the horse. The woman that's my
1: company with the horse. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I did that. In the States, borrow
0: In the States, in the States. In the States. what do you think we will going to get horses and all that behavior here? (laughs) I love the way you think, yeah. That's the way you think. That's the way you think. Um, So, uh, the uh, the Umrah dates have been, uh, I was told them just before I came here, okay? And they will be discounted for LP students as well, all right? But that cannot go out in the public arena, So when you phone them, if you tell them that you, you do LP, anyone who's online or whatever, then they will make it cheaper. I don't know how much buy it, but it will definitely be cheaper than whatever the price is. Okay? And is the that, dates... That,
1: is that related to how many exams
0: how many <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. We're going to check how many years, Yanni, you've done the exam, actually done the exam. We kept telling everyone, do the exam. It doesn't matter what you get. But they don't listen. Now they're thinking, all right, let's go and just stick in five exams, Yanni, in a couple of days. That's for 50 quid. Right. So um, the dates are the the March 29th until April the 8th. You will leave in the evening, okay? I even know the flights, okay? But I'm not going to release that in the public domain, and the people who are doing the page are not going to release that either. But you can know that it's Thursday, March 29th, and the flight will be leaving at around four in the evening, and from Manchester and London, and it will be around 14 or 1500 pounds and it will go and it will come and it will come back on Sunday early morning the 8th of April okay so those now everyone knows now what the dates are and uh, don't let that news thing in email will go out to LP students they'll get the discount but no one else and this is UK only correct this is UK only okay because we don't there. Yeah. the people who want to join us from outside of the UK then that's Blessed Voyage that's like about 26,000 pounds and uh it is leaving on the 21st or 21st it's blessedvoyage.com but that's a different level though that's a gangster oh yes what a shot although I've got to say took your time bro I was like what's happening today man oh yes you took your time as well oh yes okay you can open that one while I get busy with this one here because I've been skanked out this one too many times mashallah so this is uh, yeah. Give that to there you go. that's a good one, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Come on, yeah, a- Nazif. I think you need to take something home for Ambrina. She's already up complaining. Oh, okay.
1: Huh? Oh. There is Ambrina. Yeah. Oh,
0: there's another Ambrina. Oh no, you're right. Can we join from the US? Sorry, uh, Ambrine. No, US. US. Yanni is blessed voyage in a couple of weeks. In a couple of months' time. December 23rd thingy. You know what's amazing right now is that when this is finished, questions are finished, and the people online are just doing nothing but just watching us eat now. <laughs> like there's nothing left for them even to to hang around. So yeah, let them go. See you later, everybody. Huh? Yeah, we are. We are officially ending. Oh, Assalamualaikum, everybody. <laughs> You can ask me, yeah, no. that. What's the Sunnah? Okay, there you go boys. Milk tray for the lady who loves milk tray or whatever it's called. Nice. Yeah. It's highly recommended sooner, right?